Hello, uh, everybody. We are back. It's been like, I think, close to a month since we last did a podcast. Our last oh, wow. podcast was in a primitive cabin out in the woods. Oh, yeah. And now we are back. <laughs> we are back in my room as usual. So sorry. Um, that phone that just rang was Barrett. Barrett is our guest for the day. He's our third guest. A good reason to restart the podcast. We could, but nah, we'll just leave it in. We don't have to. Restart, just like. Oh, do you want to start over? This is a good reason to renew the podcast. Oh. Why? Mm. Because your phone? No, because I'm on the show. Okay. Mm. So as you can tell, Barrett and I are on the, usually on the same same <laughs> wavelength. Um, <clears throat> Way so above you, man. Barrett is actually one of my oldest friends. I have a weird thing. I don't really have friends from high school at all. Do you have friends from high school? I did have friends in high school, but I, I didn't have too. any left. Same <laughs> um, So anyways, the podcast title, which I haven't even mentioned yet, and we're probably like a minute in, is Why Would I Change Careers? And I think Barrett is one of the more uh, hilarious change of careers. <laughs> and he's only, what, you're only 29? Yeah. And you've already gone through quite a lot in your lifetime. Yeah, probably more careers than most people will ever have. Possible. That's probably not true. Well, some people die at like age five and have no careers. So right. that much is true. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> Infant mortality? Is that what we're taking? Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. James thought it was hilarious. Wow. <laughs> Maybe not hilarious, but, but pretty funny. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we were going to do some other podcast tap- topics with Barrett, but um, we decided this would be a good way to ease Barrett into the podcast. We didn't want it to Yeah, maybe I'll have to come back. For future, you will. I wanted to have you as the first guest, but you were like way too busy and you just kept mm-hmm. ignoring me. So I was like, that's because okay. I was working my new career. That's a great transition. Segue. Wow. Okay, so but first, which was all just getting ready for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is your new career after the podcast. Change careers so um, I can become this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think we really have too much to tie up from previous podcasts. There's a lot of like expanding universe of our podcast. I was listening back and there's a lot of random things that happened. Um, but it's been like a month, and there's really no need to sum anything up. It's now May. It's beautiful outside. Mm. And now we're going to go on to introductions. Does that sound good? Okay, so let's do... Yeah, let's do it this way. So like I told Barrett before, we introduce e- each other on the podcast, which makes it fun. Um, I want to introduce Barrett, of course, because I've got plenty of things to say. Oh, God. Um, Barrett, you'll introduce Bobby. Bobby will introduce James. James, you'll introduce me. Um, Bobby, wait. If it ends with... Me introducing Barrett would probably be best. So Barrett, well actually no, Bobby, you go first because Barrett, you need an example to, okay. to set there. Oh goodness. Okay, so I'm gonna introduce James. Oh, before, I'm started. the worst example. Oh. James, you wanna go either first okay, or you can go last or you go after fine. me? Um, well, so I I talked to my brother yesterday about about this very podcast <laughs> and these very introductions, and my brother was very mad um, because Bobby apparently every time you introduce me, you say that I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> And he was very offended by that because technically I grew up like an hour west of Philadelphia. <laughs> so you lied to me. Town plus <laughs> yeah, but what do no, you say? What do know. you tell us? Um, I I don't know. I mean, Will probably won't like this as much. I mean, I I feel like I am more from Philadelphia than I am from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Um, huh. I mean, I was definitely formed there and like raised there, but I feel like. I felt at home in Philly. Like, I love being in Philly, so... When I think of Lancaster, I think of, like, the Amish people. And mm. I can picture you, like, with a top hat, kind of strolling along in a yeah. horse buggy. You know? Could you picture like, him? You're no traffic. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like, talking talking on the phone as you're holding up traffic. You wouldn't be talking on the phone. What would be your way of communicating Telegram. with your mother? Telegram. So you're just sending you know out they have those massive buggies. String. <laughs> tied to your house in case you forgot things. <laughs> 
Anyway, so, yeah, so that was what my, my brother said. Shout out to Will. He was also very grateful that we gave him a shout out on his birthday. Because um, we one of our early oh, episodes yeah. was recorded on his birthday, so he's very grateful for that. Nice. Um, anyway, so introductions. Um, Joshua James Nearly is... Um, this has come out, I guess, oh, in, no. in previous episodes, but um, oh, Josh God. is absolutely obsessed with the beach. Um, he mm. loves the oh, beach, yeah. and um, sometimes the beach is like what gets him through life. I think like he always has to be like it's looking true. forward to something, whether it's like the beautiful impressionist work yeah. of um, of the beach on his wall in his bedroom where we are oh, right it's now. It's beautiful. Um, or if it's uh, his actual trip that he has he has coming up, he always has to have like a beach trip coming up every couple months. You should see um, Josh after he gets back from the beach. It's the worst time of his life. <laughs> That's oh, so true. Pretty, pretty depressed. That's so true. Yeah. I do I'm, get it. I do get depressed after the beach. I'm not gonna lie. I'm actually very. I'm really excited for this podcast <laughs> because I'm like I've known Josh for a little over a year now. Lived with him for. Oh gosh. It's about not gonna be about me. This podcast will be about. Better. I know, but I'm excited to see like your dynamic in a more extended extended period of time um and could, to compare that to like how josh is now yeah. like as a person God, who i had to deal with it for a year i wonder yeah. that'd be a good question like how much if i've changed at all since you first know me no you're not going anywhere see that's what i thought <laughs> I'm, exactly. not going anywhere. I'm static yeah um, you're very so basically we've learned through this that josh loves the beach and he hates change so there we go josh Thank you, James. That was very good. Um, yeah, the the painting I have was actually done by one of my mom's friends. Mm, it was really? Mennonite, close to Amish. But I like it because it's just like impressionistic enough. Like even the horizon is slightly off if you look at it close enough, which is the actual like the ocean's horizon is slightly off because you have waves. I don't know. It just it reminds. So me. this might be many of our viewers might be like me, and I don't really know what people mean when they say or like impressionist or know what a beach is. I that mm. I hope nobody is listening. Doesn't oh, know what a beach okay. Is. Well, this is a good question. Impressionism. Um, now you guys could, James, you could probably correct me on this because I'm kind of an amateur when it comes to art, but it's basically you're trying to create an impression of an image instead of the actual realistic image, instead of taking a picture of it. You're trying to okay. evoke an emotion or an experience. I see. So it's like a character? Not necessarily. It's um, it's trying to push back on the idea that of realism and that um, like the, the movement of realism was designed to... Um, it was... A school of thought that that said that we we can make a fully like realistic picture of like what the world is like mm. just solely based on its visual um, okay. its visual image and the impressionist sort of responded back to that by saying well our our way of portraying reality through a visual um, medium is not by is not by just portraying it exactly how it looks but there are other things that visual images evoke in yeah. us yeah. and we're going to try to highlight those elements because mm-hmm. nothing would have any meaning for us if it didn't evoke some kind of emotion or meaning when you yeah. look at something like if you're looking at a picture you're probably have some kind of emotion or memory or thought that pops into your mind so it's not actually just on its own objective it's always subjective wow. mm-hmm. um, I did not know that. speaking of subjective now my introduction to Barrett mm-hmm. um, there's so many things that I Pretty could long. say I want to keep it relatively short because we will discuss your uh, life and career in, in more detail a little bit later mm-hmm. on, but uh, I think for now, I'll just say Barrett is one of the most um, sort of steady people that I know. Like you, you do change your mind on things, or you'll switch things. Like we'll talk about with careers, but like once you have your mind set on something, you are like one track mind basically. You you go after something, and you usually get it. 
in many different areas. And I've never seen you flustered except for one time. And I wanted to I wanted to bring up that one time I saw you flustered. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think I've told you guys this story before, but back in the day, uh, Barrett and I lived together. By the way, podcast members and audience um, of thousands now listening in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we lived together in grad school for a year. And at one point, you came to the, uh, my church, which I was still going to church in Newport News. <laughs> we lived in Norfolk, so it was about 45 minutes away. I know. And uh, so you came to our church. My grandma was at the church, and my granddad, as well as my girlfriend at the time, I think, and you, Barrett, and I think my sister or somebody. I don't remember. Anyways, the sermon itself was good. I think they briefly, the pastor talked about, um, for like 15 minutes, talked about pornography and the dangers of pornography. and things like that. Oh, did I tell you it? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you had to go there, Josh. Well, I just wanted to say that you're, you're, you're never flustered, and this is the only time I think I might have seen you slightly flustered, which is kind of hilarious. Um, I can't wait to find out what you're mad about someone talking trash about porn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Get off the stage, master. <laughs> yeah, Barrett stands up and starts booing that. Um, so, yeah, he talks about porn for like 15 minutes, and it was like really interesting, like, meaningful good sermon and then my grandma afterwards she's I, she's been mentioned on the podcast before um <laughs> she's always like fascinated by new things that she hears um and so she was like wow that was really interesting about pornography and she was like uh we were all standing in a circle after the service and and she like looked over at barrett and she was like barrett what did you what did you think of the sermon today and barrett paused and said it very was <laughs> <laughs> And then I immediately started laughing, burst out laughing, because I had no clue what he was, like, it was the most absurd thing that I've ever heard, it very was. And then Barrett went, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it very was. And he said the exact same thing, he said the exact it's same true. thing. I don't know what happened. Twice. It's like your brain just shut off. It was just, like, it was a broken record, or like a robot, it was like, circuit was broken, you know, on repeat. Oh, man. Um, so it's, That's it's, such a profound statement, though. No, I know. It very was. Yeah, know? because the sermon... It wasn't just, it, yeah. it wasn't just was, you know, it just didn't exist, but it very was. It was really and, real. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I honestly don't think it was about, because it was about pornography or the no, was asking so about pornography. I don't think so either. It was more of just like a weird brain glitch that happened. And then I think because that happened the first time, I flustered myself and like <laughs> said it again. I don't know why I said it again. I, don't, I think I just went into auto mode. <laughs> That was the best part. You said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I very was. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was my proudest moment. Uh, no, I, don't, I loved it. I don't remember I what it. happened after that, if like we just laughed it off, or if your grandma thought I was insane. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if she really noticed, because I think I was laughing too hard for her to like, understand what <laughs> was happening. Was. She was trying to, trying to figure out why I was laughing. Wow. Um, but I've told that story, um, and it's, it's well known in my family. And um, yeah, so that's my introduction to Barrett. Wow. <laughs> Well, that makes me look dumb, but it's okay. That's the only time I've seen him flustered. That's the only time I've seen him flustered. Um, Well, I got the pleasure of introducing Bobby Winslow. Um, Bobby, the first thought I had when I thought of introducing Bobby was that he feels like the Energizer Bunny sometimes. Mm. (laughs) Always. Yeah. Sometimes. That's that's the definition. Maybe on the soccer field, he can run forever. Mm. I don't really get it. Um... Also, I also really respect Bobby because he's dealt with a lot of uh, bodily injury recently yeah. in the last couple of years and just keeps what 
rolling? What is it? Whatever the Energizer Bunny does. He kind of um, rolls and beats his drum. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a strange movement if you think about it. I, I think know. there are wheels underneath him. His feet just kind of flop up and down. But yeah. He is rolling. <laughs> right. So Bobby keeps rolling. I'd say gyrating almost. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what decade the yeah. animation is from. <laughs> Bobby's not gyrating yet because he's not married. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. He's... Bobby keeps on grinding. Uh, there we go. Um, yeah, I think I, I really respect Bobby because of that. You have a really good attitude. Um, I also like that you get angry sometimes on the soccer field. I love when people are. <laughs> he just gets pissed off. I do. I love it. I just, it makes I me happy. It's a flaw. It gets, no, it's not. No, it gets it gets everyone else motivated. Being competitive is not a flaw. Right. That's be I push no girls time. over. It's, it's, when it's gone too far. They yell away. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bobby also really like Bobby because I think he's similar to me. I'll just leave it at. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's similar to me in that he really enjoys hands. Working with your hands. I was gonna say hands. <laughs> yeah, he also likes. He likes hands. hands. <laughs> yeah. He just likes studying hands, kind of like the guy in Mr. Deeds who loves feet. Oh. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> remember that guy? Hands. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. James does. <laughs> yeah. That's an underrated Adam Sandler movie. I haven't seen that forever. I don't know. I watched that like 40 times probably. Wow. It's... I had it. I don't know. I re- had it recorded. <laughs> Maybe that's a fun I know it. <laughs> Crazy Eyes was my favorite character, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I really respect that about you. Um, and that's probably something we'll talk about later in the podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hands. Hands will come up again. Yeah, just awesome. hands. Well, that leaves me as the last person to introduce someone. And that is James, 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 James Sapoit. <laughs> Stuart Sapoit. Right. Still not my middle name. I haven't changed anyone. Yes, James is James' middle name. His Three name James is James, so. James Sapoit. Uh, he is from, is it what direction from Philadelphia? West? An hour west of Philly. He is from an hour west of Philadelphia, which is well, different than I've always told you, so I apologize. <laughs> Dated the a girl from there once. What? And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a crazy connection that Barrett and I have. Wait, yeah. you guys have a connection too? I knew you two had a connection. So, what is going can on? I tell a story? This is a very exciting story for me. Yeah, I don't know sure. um, <laughs> So, um, in the past, Wait, like, 15 years, I, think I, did I would say there, there have been now two people who have attended the University of Virginia from my high school. Um, one was um, a girl that um, she when did she graduate high school? Like what? Probably twenty eleven. Which one? The one I dated. Uh, you're the one you dated. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. No, high school twenty two thousand six. Holy oh yeah, that's right. How really old? Anyway, she probably babysat old, you or right? something. Yeah, um, that's no, actually true. So I personally Wait, when I graduated know her. high school. But How old were you in 2006? <laughs> I was uh, I was 10, turning 11. Four. Holy you probably cow. needed a babysitter then. Holy so. cow. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so yeah, two girls from my high school have come to the University of Virginia. The second one is now currently at law school here. Oh. Um, but yeah, so the, the other one was a girl named Julia uh-huh. who Barrett dated while they were at UVA. No, Dude, is that that one girl that you showed me her profile picture of? No, that was somebody else. I, who will remain unnamed. Okay, fair enough. It's a weird... I saw any different uh, yeah. last name. <laughs> Underwater profile picture. Super strange. Dude, mm. she was... Yeah, she loved Impressionism. Anyway, yeah. I, I love, like, random connections like that. That's crazy. So Barry and I have random connections. I know. It's right. crazy. Sorry. To the more concrete connection, which is James Sipley coming through your microphone here <laughs> intermittently throughout this podcast... If I could think of 
Hmm. Something to tell you about James Plea. If you if you haven't heard him say the phrase "fun fact" yet on this podcast, oh I'm certain you will. Uh, the phrase "fun fact" is James' favorite phrase. Fun fact. Uh, yeah, that was fun fact. I would say James' fun facts are ninety percent, maybe ninety-five percent connected to the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> so mm. back to initially apologizing for always telling you that he's from Philadelphia. He's actually from an hour west, I would say it's time that we have to fun fact check you along the way. <laughs> and, um, That's a that, bad joke. That is James Stewart Savoy. Man. Bravo. Okay. Bravo. Well, so anyone who doesn't like fun facts, I'm like, No, I love you? fun facts. It's the fact that you say fun fact before you begin. That annoys me for some reason. I don't know why. Fun fact, man. Well, fun fact, I don't care that it annoys you. That's so. not that fun. See? It's not, not fun. It's fun for me. That was fun for me. All right. Would so, it be better if you just said fact? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would just be pretend. That's like Dwight. Like Dwight Schrute. You could just say fun. 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 <laughs> or you could just be confident enough in what you're going to say and not have to have preface it with anything. Boring opinion. <laughs> thing that you might remember for 15 minutes and then forget afterwards. <clears throat> Uh, okay, so introductions are done. That was quite entertaining. Now we move on to the the main topic of this, the main topic of the evening. Me. Uh, why would I change careers mainly centered around Barrett, who is to my right? Um, yeah. So you, Bobby and Jace, feel free to jump in any time. But I was figured I'd start off with a question, and then Bring you on. can sort of elaborate. So let me do a brief summary of your careers so far. Yeah. So you're 29 I, I'll years hear it old. From you. Have you had more careers or girlfriends in your life? Wow. <laughs> I'd say girlfriends. Okay. I think. All right. Barely? Or? Depends on, I guess, after college counts as when you start your career. Or when you have girlfriends for the first time? <laughs> no. I had a girlfriend in high school. No, I would, well, I guess careers might be a strong... Well, if we want to stick with Whatever. We'll be loose. We can be loose yeah. with our facts. Okay. Um, anyways, so a brief rundown of... Barrett's career path so far. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to ask you a question, and you can summarize it for yourself. Okay. So what? You got your you got your psyche in psychology. That's in, right. In what year? Clinical psychology in 2017, technically. Yeah, that's right. It's 2017. Yeah. And what was your what was your major in undergrad? Psychology. And what are yeah. you doing now? Construction. Okay, so that's where the twist comes into play. Yeah. What? Obvious um, path. Why would you say that you first went into psychology? And did you always consider it as a career or just something like you were interested in? I definitely considered it a career. Just the fact that I chose a... So the society is a five-year program, and that's freaking half a decade, man. That's it's a long crazy. time. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, um, so I definitely... Yeah, I definitely thought <laughs> of it going into, going into it as a career. And it took me a long time to kind of get there. Uh... Yeah, I guess. And you asked why did I choose to go into it. And I think the long story short is that I chose to go into it because I... Well, one, I... I, In college, I took a bunch of classes and a lot of different stuff, and I found psychology the most interesting of them. I just think finding... Or just understanding how people think and why they do what they do is, like, the most interesting thing for me to think about, um, and I just, yeah, I loved my classes, I found it very interesting, so I was intellectually stimulated by it, 
and then I think there was like a in college I think I was like a pretty I don't know if idealistic or like a romantic kind of person not like in like relationships but just sort of I romanticize the idea of like wow I, I feel like I could like change people's lives which I think a lot of college people do yeah. college age people they idealize themselves or at least their futures or different paths and so I thought man this is an awesome job why would I want to do this I get to like basically learn these skills that can like really help people in ways that other people can't which I think is still true but um, anyways that was some I think that really motivated me and I also had a lot of experiences in college where I uh, like or was able to be with people through th- things that were really difficult, mm-hmm. like f- death in the family, like a dad leaving in the middle of college, someone's family, stuff like that made me see the like potential in psychology. So those are all the things I kind of, nothing else was interesting really career-wise, so. Okay, so there weren't any other like options no, really. for you, really? I like toyed with a bunch in college. What did you like to do growing up, like, as a kid? What did you like to do all the time? Like, things that were very, like, uh, concrete. So, like, video games, hitting things with hammers. <laughs> Literally, I loved hitting things with hammers as much as I could. Do you have any, like, specific memories of you hitting things yeah. with hammers? Yeah. One time we had this old TV in my garage, and I freaking was hitting it just because I wanted to. <laughs> Dude. Because we... it was, like, a trash TV, and I I just was like, I'm going to hit the screen. And I hit it, and it was the craziest thing ever, because I think there's a vacuum in there. There's old, like, yeah. radon. Yeah, I don't know cool. how it works. I learned probably learned that in high school, but wait, I guess, like, shoot. You probably know how it works, Bobby. Right? It I shoots, don't. like, I wish I knew. it's a vacuum, so it can shoot some sort of rays or something up in the back of the screen. Really old technology, but I hit it, and it just, like, <laughs> crazy, it made this crazy, like, I guess it was a little bit like if you opened a door on a, on a, like, spaceship. I don't know. All this air just sucked in really quick. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, that was my favorite thing. So you like to hit things with a hammer growing up. Yeah. And then play video games. A lot of concrete stuff. When was your first, like, when did you say your first, like, intellectual stimulation occurred, do you think? Can you remember, like, the first time you were, like... Interested by an out? idea? Yeah. Um, I guess high school sometime, probably 10th grade or so is when I really started... I think like being becoming more introspective. Hmm. I had a really good relationship with one of my teachers in high school who like helped sort of alter the path of my life in a lot of ways and helped me become more thoughtful and just yeah, I guess introspective in a way. But I don't know. I'd say it was tenth grade. Um I don't even remember what the idea was. I just know that and that's probably an age honestly where a lot of people like middle of high school where they start to like stop being this sort of mindless middle schooler <laughs> self and becoming more of an adult interesting I don't know is that true what, do you well, feel like that's true Bobby James maturation of deep thought kind of happening <laughs> in late middle school early high school I yeah, think I think so I yeah, yeah I would agree I, I have an experience from 8th grade I won't speak to it too much but it was I remember listening closely to a sermon in church in eighth grade and that was the first time yeah. I ever had so kind of what does that mean to speak to it that phrase is always like said but I don't really get I just meant I'm not gonna drone on uh, I don't know what it means necessarily yeah coffee will drone on so yeah <laughs> it is bad that's the bullet good that 
Josh is here. He keeps me in the box. <laughs> See, I don't... I mean, I was always fascinated... Oh, sorry, I'll let you in a moment, James. I was always fascinated by, like, history and, like, World War II. Like, growing up, I would read, just devour all sorts of books like that. But I don't... I think in high school, if anything, I fell away from all that stuff. So I might have been like that as a child. High school sort of rebelled through my, my early 20s. And then when I started going to William Mary, it was, like, the first time I was, like... These ideas explode, like started exploding in my head again and, and bouncing around. And did you rebel of, against your own interests, or did you like my own interests? You said you rebelled and stopped like following your intellectual interests. Ask that question. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was my own interests. I think part of it was I discovered girls, oh, yeah. so that was pretty fun for a while. Still is. Um, <laughs> are they are. I think that, well, yeah. the, in that sense, the discovery was the subject, so the discovery sorry. was singular. Okay. So, I'm a verbal tutor. At a boy. At <laughs> a boy. Um, hey, um, no, I don't know what I did in my teens. I think it was some kind of, like, just rebellion from everything. So, like, I would rebel against my parents, against, like, authority in many ways. Um, and then on, on top of that, like, I just didn't care anymore, it seemed like. So I just wanted to pursue pleasures. But anyways, we're getting distracted. James, hedonic you hit... treadmill. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. But what if you hit like? Can you change the speed on the hedonic treadmill? Uh... It seems like it should be a hamster wheel instead, because that one you can control by your own movements. Yeah. yeah. It just goes nowhere. That's really the point. Nah, treadmills are depressing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. James likes them. Um. Eh, I mean, they allow you to run like and not run in the rain sometimes, so that's cool. <laughs> What's wrong with running in the rain, bro? I don't like running in the rain. Um. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, I think there are, um, I think there there are some kids who can think more deeply um, and engage with ideas, because um, I think I I was somewhat that way. Um, like your experience was pretty similar to mine in that sense of like when I was young, I would like I was a voracious reader, um, really enjoyed like exploring like exploring new, like, new worlds and new ideas, um, and then, and then I don't know exactly what it was, like, as I got into, like, middle school and high school, um, that, that took some of the fun out of that aspect of things, of, like, mm-hmm. learning just for learning's sake, um, that's a good point, there was, I think I started to explore, like, more diverse challenges, um, yeah, mm-hmm. because, like, school, in middle school starts to like become boring in some ways yeah I think I mean that's <clears throat> a really good point because I think thinking back on it it like learning things just wasn't as fun in high school for me like it just it was just trying to do it to get a good grade yeah. or just escape yeah, high like, you know more pressure to it and then I remember at William and Mary like one of my like second semester I had this professor who like made me love learning again or like yeah. made me love well he just the way he was passionate about it um, this political theory class, I, I like, started to, that that love of learning blossomed again. But the same interesting thing enough, like I think the same thing married with my, with my love of playing soccer. Like when I was a child, all the way up to like 13, I loved playing it, and I just wanted to play it all the time. Mm-hmm. And then like high school, it, s- it sort of fell away because I think I was being, I was forced to play in a different position, and I just didn't love it as much, and hence yeah. I wasn't as good anymore. Just didn't care. Um, but then I eventually like regained most of that in my 20s again. So it's like falling in and out of love, maybe. Yeah. Um, going back to you, so I'll, I'll become a psychologist now. <laughs> Do you think um, 
your pursuit of psychology and your intellectual stimulation there um, might have been driven on by the fact that you had such a good teacher in 10th grade and like in some way you didn't want to let that teacher down. <clears throat> I just made that up. It sounds like it could work. No, no? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you were reading my subconscious in a way that I don't can't perceive, but no. Okay. Sorry. Um, oh, I forgive you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it was, and this is a whole other topic, I think it's sort of a, like the downfall of the education system where we have to choose, we're supposed to choose a career without ever having actually worked the day-to-day mm. job of that career. Mm. And I guess maybe some like colleges or majors or whatever try to prepare you by giving you like practical experience, but I don't know. I think I chose it out of a good desire to like help people a little bit, maybe idealized and like un- naive, And then also out of just like being purely intellectually interested in it and I still am yeah so um, basically went into it with zero experience but with like eager bright-eyed bushy-tailed kind of excited for it uh bear the bright-eyed bushy-tailed yeah, bandit little rabbit um did you did you take a did you go straight from undergrad to no you did yeah wait you straight. did oh that's right because it's five years yeah so Man. graduated college 2012 Stayed in Charlottesville the summer, drove to Virginia Beach. That's crazy. Started a couple of weeks later. Five year program. Yeah. With, so. Do you think I like guess look, that, how many years of school does that make if you count kindergarten? Well, how old were you That's when you graduated from Sydney? Twenty one, twenty two years. Uh, oh. I guess Plus I was I was twenty seven. So, yeah. Do you think like looking back on it, it would have been helpful to have like a year break in between? Do you think anything would have changed? Well, if, or if I like. If I, during that year, pursued something that would have helped me understand what it's actually like to work in psychology, mm. I probably would still would have done it if I had taken a year to just, like, you know, an unintentional <clears throat> year off in between college and grad school just to, like, I don't know, travel or whatever people, what do people do during that year? Just work. Travel, do acid. Yeah. Either of those <laughs> wouldn't have helped me learn, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think... I don't know. I think it, in retrospect, I think I, I wish I had like taken a couple years off to like actually work yeah. to try the as much as you can try the, the field that you're interested in or try the field I was interested in, which you can't you can kind of do in psychology, but not fully. But I think it would have maybe it would have helped me learn a little bit of how I relate specifically to psychology, but also how, what work life is mm-hmm. like for me. I think there's some specific things I learned about psychology that I don't like, and then some specific, some more general things about working, and like the type of work, the context of work, right. that, I, that I think I didn't know about before I actually ever worked a real job. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that would be a good thing to talk about next, the, your sort of search into like what it means for like to work. I mean, careers as well, but, like, what the purpose of work should be for you. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, well, real quick before that, all right, I was lucky because after I graduated with Mary, um, I had about eight months, because I graduated in the winter, so I had eight months until August, but I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And I thought, hey, I like the law. I really like political theory in undergrad. Um, 
I'm going to be a lawyer. Because I was like, yeah. if I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you guys, it was because I was like really narcissistic. And I was like, hey, Obama's a lawyer. I'm going to follow that same path. And I'm going to end up running for office or something like that. <laughs> um, but I was very lucky or blessed, depending on, uh, depending on whether you're a Christian or not, I suppose, uh, that I got accepted to Regent doing a joint degree of master's in government and law. And I started my master's in government the first year. Um, so when I first went in that August, I was doing Masters of Government, and one of my professors there, I got to be pretty close with, and he, he, uh, he, he luckily, like, persuaded me not to do law school, or he was at least like, hey, if you're gonna do this, you better be, like, 110% dedicated to being a lawyer, just because it's so, law school itself is so difficult, and then after that, you have to do the bar, and then after that, there's just a glut of lawyers in the marketplace right now. So you're going to have to be like 110% dedicated, love what you do, and still be really good at what you do on top of that to even yeah. like have a prayer of becoming a famous lawyer at any yeah. point. Um, and I wanted to study constitutional law, which is like the worst of the worst if you want to get a job. Um, so he helped you realize like maybe your motivations weren't yes, in the they, right place. Right, they were off. And I was like, oh yeah. I mean, part of it was probably inherently I'm lazy, so I was like, I probably don't want to do that. <laughs> Because at some point I'm not going to want to do it anymore. Um, but I was lucky enough to have that person tell, or at least walk me through what it would look like if I was going to go to law school, basically. Mm. Yeah, which that'd be another topic. Why would I have a mentor? Mm. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Which I think I wish. I don't really know if I had. I guess I had a mentor at the time, but not like a career mentor. Um, career mentor. Interesting. Yeah, or like a professor or somebody who like I could be like, this is what I'm thinking, this is why I think I want to go to grad school, or go into this profession. You think this makes sense? Yeah, I don't even know if that exists really, like outside of like a professor. Like who do you? I like, don't know. Or life coaches. Yeah, I guess people. that's true. Yeah, and I think in the life church coach. too, there are enough like men willing to <clears throat> like be there for people in need, and that's just a big. I think that's a common example of people in need. What about women, Bobby? Um, can they go to they're people too, Josh? Can they go to college? <laughs> <laughs> um, just Josh. I know. Um, okay, so onwards now. So okay, we're getting close to when you when I jump into your life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting really excited now. Yeah. Um, so you're just hopping along, um, grinding it out, you know. Yeah. Just like Bobby. Um, yeah. First couple years of psychology. Um, what like. I assume by the time you moved in with me, you were starting to have some doubts or something. Did it start yeah. from the very beginning? It didn't. So this is interesting. It didn't start. The first year is all classes, basically. Yeah. So it's still like undergrad. It's still time. just like, and this is, I think, bred a cynicism in me of just like purely removed learning, like mm-hmm. just reading books about something, but never actually really experiencing it, or just like, yeah, trying to learn purely intellectually. I just, in some cases, obviously it's good, but um, the first year is just all classes. There's no real experience. Again, I'm, it's just like a preparatory year, kind of like more college, sort of. Um, second year, we go into a clinic at the school and start doing clinic work a lot. And that was a year of like, all right, I'm excited for this. And then like clinical work started, and I'm like, huh, I don't know, I like it. I just got to like keep trying and it didn't it wasn't immediately gratifying like I thought it would be hmm. um, and I think I mean 
like, there's a lot of reasons I think why specifically I like wasn't finding it interesting but we can go to this in a minute but I think the the second year I was just like I just my thought was I'm not enjoying this as much I just gotta find like the right I gotta get better at it or find the right like type of this work um and I just need to get through it do this year I didn't really start I don't think it was as introspective as the following years mm. so like at first you were just like well it's probably just the type of you know yeah or I just gotta get better at it or sorry right. brand new yeah so it's like learning a new language or something I'll get better yeah. and yeah, I'll yeah, like yeah. it more yeah so then the second year ends and the third year rolls around. You still haven't met me, so that's probably part of the reason you're depressed. <laughs> but um, yeah, what is the purpose of all this? Isn't there some there's some hole, some huge head shaped hole? Um, <laughs> yeah, huge Josh shaped hole in my heart. So you go into third year. What do you remember from that in terms of like career and calling? It was excited because I was going. I was going to be working in a VA Veterans Affairs Hospital, which oh, yeah. would have been in a different context and. At that point, I was like, oh, no, I hope I enjoy this more. It was a little bit more of, like, realizing I don't find this as enjoyable as I thought I would. And the VA was not any better. Um, and I think I just started, at that time, I started to realize, like, wow, this is, like, sitting in a room talking with people hour after hour after hour about really difficult things is both, like, can be draining, like, sort of depressing, and just feels like I'm not doing anything at all. I'm just like sitting there listening and sort of talking and not really dealing with a real like problem or like task or something that I can stick my my own teeth into and like see as my own task. So just continually sort of like indirectly trying to help people solve their own problems. Hmm. But never that, really what I was gonna say. That, but originally, like when you were an undergrad, that's what you thought you wanted to do right was help people solve their problems yeah so at this point it was kind of like but I guess I and that's like I just like seeing that it's like looking at it from like a mile away in undergrad and then realizing you're sitting in a room and Mm -hmm. you're just it's it's difficult most of the time I mean by its nature psychology you're meeting with the people that are oftentimes difficult to meet with and talk to and deal with in, in some ways um and so that's hard, and then it's just the, I think it was just that I never really had my own sense of, like, here's my, like, task or purpose. And it was also very, like, or, sorry, to finish that thought, it always felt like I was just, like, briefly trying to help somebody deal with their own thing. Um, yeah. Did you ever get any, like, positive stories from those? Like, did anybody come back to you and say, hey, thanks for helping me? Yeah, yeah, that happened. I mean, it happened less than I thought it would. Hmm. I think it's very hard to actually see, like, change. Especially immediately. Yeah. It's just, that's another thing that's hard about it. You don't see change that quickly or often. And it did, and then when it did happen, I just was like, okay, that was good. But I didn't feel like the gratification that I thought I would. Hmm. Um, I don't know. And I, I, t- I still think it's meaningful. And I think it's a really meaningful profession, but I just didn't find it as, Yeah didn't give me as much purpose as I thought I would and just the actual like nuts and bolts of the day made me want to go crazy just sitting there just like constantly sitting not doing really anything but sort of talking to people hmm but you were doing this I mean similar thing in in college where you're in classes all the time or even like the first year of psych yeah but 
now it's like you're, you're like you're somebody's doing all the work for you you're yeah they're just like they're being interesting you. for you okay. they're just sitting up in a room being interesting you just get the like well not always but most of the time you just get to sit and consume um and then you also have a sense of like there's also the sense of purpose in school i think that's like often overlooked it's just like there's an end goal that's arbitrary i'm grad i have to graduate in four years but it gives you a sense of purpose mm-hmm. whereas like now that i'm out of like school there's no like finish line basically it's just like work that's it well you know there's the, no like the beach you're gonna graduate in college, <laughs> right? that's josh's finish line i don't know yeah no um that must have been a crazy awareness of that third year. Like, you're three years into a program, and it's just, like, oh, yeah. this isn't getting any better. Like, that must have been. Did you ever, like, have, like, a, not a nervous breakdown, but just, like, <laughs> what were you feeling at that Probably time? that day when I went and talked to your grandma at church. <laughs> I was like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It finally popped up. Yeah. subconscious. I mean, I, I think by the I middle of my third year of it, I started, I like, I need to try a different form of this. So the following year, I um, did... Basically, my, like, practicum was a consulting psychology internship. What's a practicum? It's basically, like, there's classes and there's practicum. Practicum is where you actually go and, like, treat patients, basically. Um, It was consulting psychology, so it was totally different. It wasn't even clinical. Hmm. Um, And it was just basically doing, like, pre-selection assessments for this company that basically evaluating potential job applicants for like high like important positions in companies like CEOs, CFOs, etc. We'd like give them different like assessment instruments and then we'd also interview them and write up this big report and give it to this company. That's kind of crazy. And they pay a lot for it because obviously getting the the, like the right um, you know choosing the right candidate was will like make or break the company in some ways, so they, these companies were willing to pay a ton for it. But it was still very similar, it was just like pretty abstract, mm-hmm. it just like, I didn't feel like a sense of like one continuous thing that I could work on for a while, it was just very, See, I don't know what the word do is. Do you think, it, I mean, in a way, like, you, there's two ways I guess you could phrase this, just like a, a discovery of the fact that you like, you find more satisfaction in concrete things, or it's like a return to what you loved as a child. In a way, because you like I think it was banging on hands. Definitely the form, the latter. Yeah. And like, I think I just like tried to. I think in high school I loved physics, and I went into college thinking I want to major in physics. And I think physics is a lot more aligned with like something that like if there were some if you could like boil physics down to a day daily task of just doing like kinematics equations. Or like watching Interstellar. Yes, <laughs> I would love that, but. Or like sliding a block <laughs> down a plane and figuring out how fast it'll be at the end. Bobby knows what I'm talking about. Dude, he loves it. He's just like, oh. yeah. I was um, literally talking with, was it you, yesterday, about calculus being exciting when I realized the formulas uh, I had learned the previous year in physics came from derivative and integrals. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. I know. Oh, yeah. It's great. It all just makes sense. But, no, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. But I don't really, I fully understand it. <laughs> um... And I think I just, like, naturally, I wasn't, like, overthinking it. I think there was some point in college that I started <clears throat> becoming a little too idealistic or, like, what's the word? Meta, maybe, I 
I don't know if metacognitive is the word, thinking about your thinking, but just sort of like, I, I want, I was too interested in like, what should I be doing and what's the right thing to do? And what's more meaningful than just like paying attention to my natural interests. Yeah. Um, so you which, get like too into your head almost. Yeah. It's like, oh, psychology is really meaningful. And like, I, it's just a very like measured kind of thought out thing as opposed to just like, I really like, like doing physics or something. Yeah. So anyways, I went to college and I realized I don't think I'd want to major in physics because it's just crazy. It gets crazy really quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, just quantum computing. Like, That's yeah. all I want. Me- mechanics, like high school level mechanics is really interesting, but then quickly, if you get into that higher level stuff, it's just like... It's out of my league. Yeah. Um, I hate to do this, but I do have to go. Okay, Bobby. Bobby. I have to leave early. Mm. Bobby, where are you going right now? I'm going to my fiance's house to be a good fiance. So for anyone wondering, listening to all the podcasts so far, Bobby is still getting married. Yeah. Um, it's happening in July, and we have his bachelor party coming up here soon. Heyo. So that's gonna be uh, fun. Use some calculus. Yeah. Yeah. I'll drink some beer. <laughs> <laughs> no calculus in the bachelor. Party. Okay. So we can calculate like the volume flow rate of it. We should just talk to Jarrett about math and see what happens. It's incredible. He told me once he like fell asleep and then math scared him because he developed an algorithm in his head more complicated than any problem he'd ever seen. What? Sleeping is Who is this? Jarrett. He's a genius that I know. I grew up with him. He's He's actually like a certified genius. I don't know if he's certified. Um, I'm convinced at least if he took an IQ test it would be higher than anyone I've ever heard of. Wow. Which... I don't know. The, the dude just remembers everything he's ever seen. He remembers learning to walk. He can tell you what... So he can tell yeah. you his emotions that he had while learning to walk of anger before he knew language. So wow. it's like this experience of like the feeling of being hot that he like vividly remembers when he was between one and two years old or less. Than, I don't know how old he was when he was learning I would assume there's probably a correlation between IQ and earliest memory. Wouldn't you think? I would think, yeah. That's why I usually mention that story is like his mind is just different. I've come across a couple people who have like memories from like a year old or earlier, and I'm like, that's insane. I, I don't remember that. much from like before age 12. I probably have like three memories. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, so that means you're really dumb. That explains a lot. Yeah, I went to tech. Yeah. I about UVA a lot. Anyways, all right, Bobby's okay. leaving, and we that's won't be too much longer on this podcast. Um, James, have you that's anything to that. add? Yeah, I think one oh, thing is. Man. That's always interesting about like conversations on vocation is that I think in 21st century America we associate like feelings of satisfaction and like joy in work and that's like a, a necessary factor. Um, so whereas like before, I mean, really I would say like before the modern era, still um, we had to do. Yeah, like, oh, my dad was a carpenter, and so I became a carpenter. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, it's, I haven't, like, studied this at all, but it'd be fascinating to see, like, where where did this idea come from that, like, that work should be a source of joy for us, um, and, like, and why that why that is. Yeah, that's fascinating, because the same thing went for, like, finding a spouse. Like, you kind of just found yeah. the first person yeah. to come along, in a way. Um, I think it, I'll, I'll, ultimately leads to more discontent but like yeah but like where did people find meaning in those days yeah i think it's like like not starving to death yeah yeah be, well because like the options were so limited like 
you stayed within a, what, 15-mile radius of where you were born. Right. Like, the options are very limited. Um, so you didn't have, like, this concept of, like, a greater joy or... Or like, just, it, there was no surplus. So as soon as you have a surplus of anything, of women, of yeah. careers, yeah. of food, discontent follows. Yeah. You should really, that's, again, this is my intellectual interest in psychology, but the psychology of choice is very fascinating. Mm. Yeah. There's a good book called The Paradox of Choice. Yeah, Barry Schwartz. That. I think you might have told me it, actually. Um, think about it. It's the same. Thing. It's like, the more choices you get, the less satisfied you are. So that's very simplified, but... Yeah. yeah. yeah it's like Cheesecake Factory. I'm like, jeez, Cheesecake Factory? Just stick to cheesecake. Why do you yeah. need to go into, like, barbecue wings, you know? Mm. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's an interesting point. So, you were on this this uh, journey, and you had, you had a... Did you... I don't know, did you feel like you had a choice... Or did you kind of feel like, I just have to stick this out until the end of the five-year I almost ended it after the three years, but you get your, at least that program is set up so that you get your oh, master's yeah. after three years. Oh, yeah. It's like, this could be a, like a natural stopping point. But, but then you, you know, I decided, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll change my mind. I'm already this far into it. Um, I don't know. I think several people I respected sort of said it would be a good idea to finish. Also, it could be like, one guy, I remember one of the professors saying, like, what would it look like to employers to see that you started a program but didn't finish it? Like, I guess that's a good point. What do you think element construction would have thought of that? <laughs> they probably would have, yeah, they definitely would have hired a master's level person <laughs> instead of a doctor's birth. Um, so, I, I was going to say, I feel like I was going to address what you said. Um, what was your main point? Finding meaning? That, um, oh, where do, why why should we expect to find happiness in our work? Oh, I don't know. And I agree. I feel like I think part of it we do have the luxury of it now, so it's okay to want that. But for me, I think it was more just like I just don't want to hate it, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit of a different like twist. Yeah. I think yeah, it's like I feel like I have the ability, or like we have the luxury to like try to find something we don't hate. I don't necessarily need to like love it all the time. I felt like I was getting the point mm-hmm. of psychology that I was like, this is horrible for me. Um, yeah, but I mean, some, I mean, I assume so many people have that sort of job now where they just kind of like, in their 20s, they got a job to be like, to pay the wages, to provide for their family, or just to like, to be safe and comfortable, and they just wake up every day, yeah. probably hating it for a while, and then finally like settling into a cold, cold like hatred, where it's just like... <laughs> You have nothing to look forward to except your meal at, at night when you get home. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's it's so crazy, which is why I think I, for a long time, I didn't, I never wanted like a career at all because I was terrified of that. I was yeah. terrified of just like pigeonholing yourself into something. Yeah, and just going to a job, waking up, coming home, going to a job, waking up. It all seems so pointless to me. Yeah. In a way, it still does, but. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, in in some sense, I think. We, we put a little too much pressure on our jobs in that sense. Um, I mean, I've only had one career thus far. been in for a year and a half. You're so a sapling. I'm not too qualified to speak to this, but um, but I think even like in the moments over the past year and a half where I've been like, oh, I don't really like my job all that much. Yeah, you've had some doubts. Um, I'm, I'm like, well, when I look at it in the grand scheme of things, like my job is great, and I like I love the people I work with, and I love the actual work itself, and there are some frustrating elements to it. Um, but there are, there are times when I'm like, man, well, maybe I'm, like, too comfortable in this. Um, like, maybe there is something that is, like, more meaningful that 
um, that would like that would serve a greater need that like I might not enjoy as much, but mm-hmm. would make more of a difference. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, because th- I think there are some times when I I almost feel selfish and like looking for yeah looking for a, a job that that scratches my itches. Yeah. In that sense. Or itches your scratches. <laughs> How would that work? <laughs> I don't know. Let the psychologist figure that out. Um, yeah. So we're in al- already kind of nearing an hour here soon. Um, so just should I tell what happened? Yeah, that, that's yeah. what. I, yeah, just go because now you seem. I mean, this is my impression, but you seem much more satisfied, at least in the yeah. work area of things. So yeah, tell me. Tell so us about basically, I decided to finish because of the reason I just mentioned. Um, so five years in, one of those years was spent with me, which probably yeah either. Played a lot of Age of Empires that year. Oh, we played a we ton should of do Age of Empires. A, why would I play Age of Empires podcast? We could talk about that all day long. Oh, yeah. Like I'm the not even metaphysical joking. implications of playing Age of Empires. We should get our friends Dave and Olivia on that Oh, podcast. yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. That's Anyways, coming future podcast listeners. I got... So I decided... I just sort of decided to finish. So the, the final two years were just sort of like, well, I know I'm doing the next two years. I don't think I really want to do this, but I'm just going to do it. Once you made that decision, was it like better in a way? Yeah, I think the, like the torment of deciding yeah. was over, but it was annoying. It was lucky decisions. those two years were probably the easiest two, the last two years. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I like spent those two years just sort of finishing everything out of obligation, but then uh, also doing a lot of thinking what I wanted to do. So, hmm. I like finally got to the end of my internship year, which is the last year, and I was like back and forth between like do I want to do something that I had a hunch towards something with my hands well yeah to back up a moment like when you during that that last summer that we lived together mm-hmm. you had basically finished with all your classes and stuff and you were going to start the internship I think in September or yeah, whatever yeah but you had um you had already started looking ahead and you were trying to see if you could like if you liked construction yeah. so you had a construction job for a little while yeah which is what I meant like when you have a one-track mind you always like oh, yeah. you do things right away if you, if you think you like might like it like you don't put things off like I do I procrastinate <laughs> all the time well, um, but anyways you had a brief construction job did for like oh man that's a whole nother story <laughs> uh, that gosh that guy he sent me the other day uh, this it's this big very nice man who looks like Peter Griffin who's um from Family Guy, yeah. for you old listeners. Yeah, and he sent me. He, he sends the craziest text messages ever. But recently, he sent on. I sent sent me a text message, basically just saying he was thanking me for something I did. I like helped run his website. He was thanking me for something, and he said, I, "Was the Easter Bunny good to you?" <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a check for helping him with his website, and he sent me. It was in a card. There was a picture of Santa, and he's like, you're on Santa's naughty list. <laughs> it's from, like, a big, old, nice man. It's just weird. You but developed funny. a very bad habit from him, though, which is voice-to-text. So you have oh, to send yeah. text messages now over voice, and it leads to a lot of uh, annoying grammatical. I especially don't like to correct the mistakes when I'm texting John. <laughs> no, <laughs> just out of spite. You don't, and there's no punctuation, so it's, like, it's just breathless. It's a breathless text. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay, sorry, continue. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I tried it. I wanted to, like... Again, test the waters instead. Instead of just going purely on like an intellectual hunch, I wanted to like actually try construction. So I did it in the job, in the summer, and I it was good, but it was so short and like I was just like ran, doing random like sort of like grunt labor that it was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I 
fast forward to the end of my internship year, I got an offer to work for a construction company for an offer to work at this right. digital marketing place. And I was like, oh, crap. I, like, I really like the idea of working construction. But then I decided to... I ended up deciding to work at the digital marketing place because I thought it would be easier to work in like the corporate world and then go into construction than it would be to work in construction and then later try to go into the corporate world, hmm. which is, I think, still true. Like, if I somehow wanted to go back to the corporate world, I think having that on my resume will help. Um, so I did that, and I like I was like, it was m- more concrete, for sure, quantitative. There was a lot of Excel, which I enjoy Excel. Um, but, yeah, it's great. And, uh, I, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I um, but it's just like, uh, it, it, it was also a computer job, literally all the time. And I like a little bit of a com- being on the computer, but not as the main focus. So that was, it was also very sedentary and in some ways still kind of abstract. And there, w- there wasn't as great of a sense of like, I did this one task and it was done. So I did, I did it for a while. I didn't really like it. And then I finally decided to get a construction job. And that was how recently? A year and like four months ago. Has it already been a year and four months? Maybe three. Yeah, I know it's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So what? Okay. So sort of summing up here a bit, like again, the title of the podcast is "Why Would I Change Careers?" So you've already, in some ways, changed careers like three times in a way. You yeah. went, I mean, psychology to marketing to construction, and you're still not even thirty yet. So um, it may be different for other people listening who are like. Have been working ten years and they want to, they're thinking about changing careers. But just from your own perspective, why would you change careers, mm. or would you, or in what ways, in what reasons would you, in what perspectives would you? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just think it's not as hard as it seems. Mm. I think people, I don't know if it always used to be like this, but it seems like people are open to like, if you seem like you're intelligent or you seem like you're hardworking. You can, get a, you can get a job and like learn it. I think it's. I think there's some enjoyment to like totally learning a new thing. Um, it helps that I wasn't very far in any particular career where I was going to take a huge pay cut. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly there is the like opportunity cost of choosing to go into construction uh, over being in psychology. I'm definitely making like half, maybe, of what I could be making there. Do you think it would have been different if you had like a family? Like if for yeah, whatever for sure. Reason you I think that's another. Gotten married or anything like that. Yeah, I think that uh, that would have been different, and I think it would have created more reservation. Um, but I would definitely wouldn't have gotten married anytime recently. Of course not. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so yes, I had no like, it didn't affect anybody else. So yeah. I definitely, yeah. I think that's free. I, but I still think I don't know. It's just my opinion that because I think. We have the luxury of like choosing. We couldn't. We can change careers at this day and age, and I think it's okay to not want to like hate your job. And I don't think. I think I can try to force myself into thinking I should just be like grateful for it and not be mm-hmm. bothered by it. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think. I think you're much better at your job when you're like somewhat satisfied in it and I think I just think it's really like I think it's an important thing to like try to 
understand yourself and figure out like what are my what do I actually interested in? not what I want to be interested in not what do I think is important what do I think is like meaningful yeah those are good but like I think for me I think the meat of it is like what tasks in like daily life do you actually think you enjoy like or what are you excited to do yeah what are you satisfied by as well yeah like what did you really enjoy in high school as like a subject or as a kid doing yeah I think um, that's a good one like just think about what you like to do absolutely and and I think I think those are just really meaningful. That like points to something. And we can't always just go get a job and that particular thing. But I think I just feel like that's gonna like lead to more. Like you're being. I found myself being more satisfied in my work. I think I'm like much more applying or applying myself a lot more. And I'm just like a better worker because it's something that I have an inherent interest in. Yeah, yeah. Um, going off of that, I had a brief period before I moved up here actually where I, I couldn't find a full-time it wasn't a brief period now I think about it. it was a while where I couldn't find a full-time job and I was working at a wellness center like selling memberships and I mean you know it's not it was a fun decent easy job and there I like the people there but it was like not stimulating let's just say yeah. um, and there was a period there it was winter time I was like depressed and I was just like man I'm just gonna get a job and I'm just going to work it and then just live out my life. I just need to get a job that pays decently and just, just, I was like, that's all I, I could think about because I was just so, like, down on myself for not having a full-time job and yeah. not having, like, being, whatever, 26 or 27 and having done, haven't really done anything career-wise. Um, still living with my grandparents at that point, too, um, which was great. Grandma, if you're listening, it was amazing living with you, but also I'm a man and I have to get it on my own. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, so just, there was a period there where I was like, okay, I'm just going to get a job and I'm going to work it for the rest of my life and I don't even care anymore. Um, I need to do something. But it was like a it was like a defense mechanism against like failure. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get maybe just some sales job and just do that. Um, but I eventually yeah, moved up here without even finding, um, without even having a full-time job at your, you encouraged me to move up here. And I was yeah. like, I was similar to you because I was like, I don't have a family to support. Um, I don't really have any anybody else at this point in my life. It, I might as well move up to a place that I've enjoyed before, Charlottesville, yeah. and, and see what happens. And you met James. Mm. And now I'm sitting here with you two recording a podcast. Isn't that mm. crazy? It is. And one other thing, and James, I'll let you finish, but one other thing I think that helped me over that period, and even up to now, was just um, me just starting to say yes to any sort of, like, um, interview even for a job that I didn't think I would like. Yeah. Maybe just saying yes to opportunities. Same goes actually for girls. I mean, it's funny how like one philosophy will, will do very well throughout life. But um, <laughs> before I was just like, I don't think I like that. I'm not going to do it. I need to wait for my perfect job to come along, one that yeah. I like and enjoy. But just saying yes to everything um, really helped because you really gain more perspectives and you get used to failure and being rejected. And that's a good thing, I think, to be able to become comfortable in yourself to not be so affected by rejection mm. anymore. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think... Like I, like I said, I'm, I haven't been really faced with this issue before. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm planning on changing careers at some point. Um, I mean, I love test prep. I love Claiborne. It's great. But if I spend 30 years there, then... Um, Would you tell me to do? What? Would you tell me to do if you spend 30 years there? <laughs> I don't know if I want that on the internet. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, like everything else in life, it's a very fine line, I think, between, like, 
looking for something that you enjoy and something that you find satisfaction in um, while being able to like deal with the parts of it that aren't ideal. Because um, I don't think I don't think there's the perfect job out there that um, I would go into it every day being like I absolutely love this work every single day and I just love like every perfect perfect girl out there either. Yeah, yeah. There's um, we need to find like just enough satisfaction and meaning and purpose in, in our work that we can sort of deal with all the crappy parts of it. And just not placing them as ends in themselves. Yeah. So placing exactly. too much too much emphasis on them as things that can satisfy you. When if you focus on something else that satisfies you, maybe the eternal, for instance, mm. then these other things become imbued with meaning of their own. And you're not trying to dr- continually string out drips and drops of meaning from it. Or Age of Empires. That will you can focus on that all you want. The one thing that hasn't done that for me is the beach yet. Hence why I don't think I ever want to move there. Because if I if I move there and I ruin the beach, then what's left for me in life? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Always keep it Age of Empires, maybe. That's yeah. <laughs> maybe those are the only two things I got. Man, now, is this a really bad time to tell you guys I've never played Age of Empires? Well, you're young. It was probably like. I bet you'd love it. You would love it. it. It's a really fun strategy game. It's also I yeah. It's like void games because I, w- I get addicted. You can learn a lot about oh, history, about so- how society, I don't know how accurate the history works. How accurate the history is, but you learn about some history. You learn what's well, more important. I think you learn in the relationship between like economy. Oh and, yeah. Like, the effects in society. So yeah, learning how to balance all that. I feel like it's a good learning tool for kids. And like taking risks and stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. being bold. Which tying yeah. back to the career. Yeah, I, I don't again have solid advice. I think what Barrett said was great, and James too. Um, and. Yeah, if you're thinking of changing careers, just consider it and maybe call go. Me. Yeah, call mm. Barrett. Um, I'll give you his phone number. <laughs> just kidding. I Send won't us do an that. email, right? Yeah. Send us an email. Do we have our, an Instagram yet? Uh, we don't. And I promised last time, but the last time I promised, it was really late at night. And <laughs> I apologize, guys. My word is not bond in that case. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I actually feel bad about that. So, yes, I have to make an Instagram, but I don't have any social media. This will be my first social media that I have in a while. Mm. So it's like stepping back into um, a tepid pond full of snapping turtles. <laughs> 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 the snapping turtles just the, like, trolls on... Dude, snapping turtles freak me out, man. Anyways, okay. So, yeah, I don't have any solid advice. I'd say if you're thinking of changing careers, apply for some jobs, go to a job interview. It can't hurt to, to see if you if something else that you would truly like. And, again, if, if you want to take that plunge, just remember you're only going to live once, and there's risks to it, of course. <clears throat> it might be a bad idea, but, you know... That's why you're an individual and you have that capability of figuring it out. And talk to people in that career. Mentors. Find a mentor. They'll have wise words for, like, what are the crappy parts of the job, and maybe you can get some insight there. Yeah, like, I was talked out of being a lawyer. It was the same sort of thing. It worked very well. Well, we've come to an end. Barrett, thank you so much for all this. It's been a blast. Um, And we're back. We have a new – this is our new episode. Obviously, you've made it this far, so I don't know why I'm telling you this. so we will see you again soon. It won't be as long before our next episode. Um, we will try and get some more out. Um, we're trying to do more like thoughtful episodes, I guess, more ones where we do some research before. This one, like mostly, it's just been conversational, which is great. But I want to try and switch it up. I'm still trying to figure out what this podcast is. So thanks for listening. If you have any questions or any thoughts about your own careers or anything else, send us an email at whywouldipodcast@gmail.com. Mm. Barrett, thank you. James, thank you. Josh, thank you. Goodbye. We're out. (laughs) Deuces.